This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Kopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Adam Platt. Adam is an achievement coach, father of five daughters, and host of Unleash Your Greatness Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate being here. So uh, thanks for bringing me on. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so um, I love that question because uh, there's a bit to it, but um, I'll condense it as much as I can. Um, My journey starts back when I was a young kid. And really what uh, I guess where it started was in uh, school, I had a learning disability. So I was uh, struggled with reading and writing and spelling. And I always felt like I was kind of the dumb kid in class. And because of that, I, I was very shy. I didn't talk to people very much. My, when I was at home with my family, I was very outgoing and stuff. But when I was in school, I didn't make friends very well because I just didn't talk to anybody because I thought they were going to think I was stupid. Right. And so I was very shy. And um, as I, as I kind of went through school, I had to get special help with special classes to go and help them. They would help me with do my homework and uh, they would, my teachers would give me easier spelling test because I just, I couldn't spell the harder uh, words that they were usually the other kids were spelling. And so, yeah, it really played a lot of problems with my self-esteem and my self-confidence. And as I got older, I things started kind of clicking as I got a little bit into junior high and high school. And I was able to start making sense more of school and, and I got better at spelling and reading and, and things. But the damage was done at that point. And so I, I wasn't very good at studying. I wasn't very good. I wasn't very motivated with school because I, I still isn't like, I'm still a dumb kid. Like everybody else gets these grades. My, I had friends that would, you know, skip class or whatever, and then they'd still get an A on the test. And I would try to study and, and still do okay, you know, like get a C on the test. And so, um, uh, luckily, as I progressed into adulthood, I met a woman who believed in me and we got married and she really pushed me out of my comfort zone and said, you know, you, you can do things, you can do hard things, you can become whatever you want. And, and she really believed in me. And so uh, at one point, because of the fact that uh, I wanted to make more money in my career, I decided, well, maybe it's time to go back and try to go because I always had this mindset like I, I would grow, I'd get it through high school, which I did graduate from high school. And then I would get a job. And like my dad before me, who worked as a postal worker for, you know, 27 years, I would just get a job and just progress to that job for years and years and years. And that really doesn't work nowadays. Usually you have to get a degree or you have to switch jobs or you have to get some kind of technical uh, education. And so I'm like, well, maybe I need to go back to school. Because in the job I was at, they were kind of saying, well, if you want to move up, you got to get a degree. And so I decided, uh, I guess I'll try going back to school and getting a higher education. And I was really nervous and really scared about it because it really 
I still had this, you know, deep rooted thought that I was stupid and that I wouldn't do well in school. But through some peer pressure at some other people at work who were going back to school as well, we all decided we'd go back together. And so uh, I enrolled in school. And it was at that point that I decided, you know what, I'm going to just do my best. I'm going to work super hard and I'm going to get through this. And I, I knocked out my four-year degree in like three and a half years. So I cut time off of there because I just, I didn't take breaks. I just kept taking class after class after class. And I worked really, really, really hard. And I ended up uh, graduating with my undergrad with a, like a 3.92 GPA. So I did really well. I got honors. I, you know, high honors, all that, all the, the fun stuff that came with that. And that really gave me a boost of my confidence. And at that time I had uh, young kids. We had, I believe three at the time. And I was like, you know what? I need to go a little bit further and prove to them that if, if I can do it, then anyone can do it. And so I came home one day from work. I'm like, you know what? I told my wife, I think I need to go get my master's degree. And she's like, okay, <laughs> uh, sounds good. I guess you're going to be working full time as well as going to school. I'm going to be an only parent, but she so totally supported me. She said, yeah, go for it. So I enrolled and uh, went to get my master's degree. And uh, again, I, I worked really hard. I didn't do quite as well in my master's degree, but I ended up getting, I don't remember, 3.4 GPA or something like that. And um, it really was, again, like, hey, and, and by this time we had five kids and we had all five of our girls. And it was really this this moment of like, you know what, if I can do this, anybody can do this because I came from this background of being, you know, not feeling like I was smart. I had low self-esteem and I, I proved to myself and my children that if, if, if I can make it, they can totally make it. And so that's kind of been my, my message to them is to keep pushing, keep going and never give up and just keep going. Cause there, you know, I had times where I didn't do very well in some of my classes. I had to take a class over. I had to take finance over. Um, but I ended up getting my master's in business administration, my MBA. And so, uh, very exciting. Um, but really where the, the real turning point happened to really push me into coaching is, uh, when I had gone through all that and I'm like, okay, uh, my wife and I were, were doing okay, but I still, again, like wasn't making the money that I thought I should be making to fully support my family. And so again, we had five kids at the time. And I felt like I was letting my family down and I, my wife and I were kind of struggling, you know, finances uh, in our relationship. And it just was this big, huge moment for me where I started going into depression and I would go to work and feel just like I was this worthless person because again, I got the degrees and everything. And then my bosses are like, well, good job. Good for you. You did it. And nothing came of it, really. There was no big increase in pay. There was no promotions, no nothing. And so I just felt, again, kind of worthless and letting my family down. And it was at that moment that I came home from work one day and my, I was in what my wife called one of my moods, uh, which was happening regularly at that time. And she could tell that I was just not in a good place. 
And so she, as kindly as she possibly could, said, hey, I think I'm going to take the kids over to my parents for a few hours and just let you be kind of, you know, by yourself, let you work through whatever's going on. And she was, she was just wanted me to kind of be in, in my thoughts and, and figure things out. But I took that as she doesn't love me. She wants to get away from me. And so she left with the kids. And I remember sitting there on my, in our bedroom thinking, you know what? Everybody, I'm letting everybody down. I'm this huge failure. And I think that uh, maybe the world would be better without me. And so I started making a plan to take myself out of this world, to take my life. And, and I was sitting there on the bed and I had the plan. I was getting ready to execute my plan and take myself uh, out of this world when uh, this, what I call a, a, a thought came into my head and I call it a, a higher thought or, or um, being, I guess. Uh, I, I consider him my heavenly father, but some people call him God or, or whatever, conscience, whatever you will. Um, this thought came into my head and I know it wasn't mine. And it basically just said, what will your family do without you? What will your wife and kids do without you? And I just broke down crying at that moment. And I realized that I was being selfish and just trying to end my, my pain that I was feeling deep inside of my depression. And I knew something had to change at that moment in my life. And so I didn't know what that was, but I knew something had to change and uh, kind of go a little bit in time, another year or so. Uh, my, my mom decided to buy all of us kids, all of her, you know, my, myself and my siblings, uh, some tickets to a self-help seminar, uh, an event. And I, w- I didn't want to go. I was pretty upset. Um, but my wife is like, you know, maybe we should go. And so we ended up going and I sat in the very back, the very back row and just kind of sat there with my arms folded for the first little hour or two. And then the presenter said something that really just struck a chord with me. And I've, I'm like, this light bulb went off. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I needed to hear. That's what I need in my life. That's what needs to change. And that's from that point on everything we started going to, we're, I, I, we ended up going to all three days of the event, everything uh, shifted. We started going to all kinds of events all over the country, uh, California, Arizona, wherever uh, we could get our hands on this uh, amazing content and, and self-help things that we we're kind of engrossing ourselves in. And what we noticed is a big change in ourselves as we started working on ourselves, our relationship with each other, me and my wife improved. And we also saw this ripple effect going out with our kids. So our daughters started seeing a change. And as that change came out to them, they're like, you know what? I want to start setting goals. I want to start putting a vision board up and and going after my things that I want to accomplish. And we saw this huge impact on them. And we're like, you know what? This has had such an impact on us, on our kids. Maybe we should go out and start teaching other people. And so we got more training. We got more, um, some certifications and we became coaches ourselves. And now uh, that's where we are today. We're out there helping people. We're achievement coaches, like you said, and we have our, our business. Uh, it's called Arise to Connect and helping people connect more fully with themselves, with uh, each other and with their goals and their dreams. So 
that's really kind of the, the meat of the story. Um, it really comes down to just, you know, deciding to make a change and going after that, that dream in my, my life. So. Yeah. And it comes down to everybody. Like you're kind of your worst enemy. So it's you versus you. Everybody can tell you like for me personally, I've been telling my brother, like at this point, like four years to start a podcast, I bought him a mic, I bought him everything and he still hasn't started it because I'm like, this is great in terms of sharing your story, branding, connecting, networking, and he still hasn't done it. So it's one of those things, regardless if you're looking like outside looking in and that person may be right, like, you, you know, you may be destructive or you should really do this in terms of changing this negative habit or really go after this goal. But, you know, a hundred people can tell you that, but unless you make that choice for yourself, that's never going to happen. And I think also like starting off young, if you're told or it's drilled down that you're not good at something, that doesn't mean like you're a complete failure. Like you may be um, dyslexic or you may not be, uh, you know, reading well or something of that nature in terms of learning, but you just need to learn a different way. And if people don't facilitate that when you're young, that actually happened to my brother. My brother actually went and got a master's degree from Columbia University. So, you know, Ivy League school, but in elementary school, a teacher didn't like him and wanted to put him in special education because simply because she didn't like him. So my mom went in there and like lost her mind in terms of like the whole school administration and almost through the school. But it's one of those things like the perception of somebody else may be driven by emotion or a negative direction and you don't control it. And especially a child, obviously that impacts you. And if you if you don't resolve it to when you become an adolescent and an adult, it starts affecting relationships and start affecting who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And and you bring up some amazing points. And some of those are number one, everything has to start from within. If you look for external ways of uh, change, you know, there are people that will come into your life and impact you. But for the most part, change comes from within and those changes need to come. You need to decide like your brother, right? Like you can tell them all the time, like, hey, here's the equipment. Here's you need to do this. You should start it, start the podcast. But if he doesn't make a conscious decision to say, you know, I'm going to do it then nothing's going to ever change. You can't do it for him. He has to be willing to do that. And then another thing that I like that you also brought up your brother in school is schooling really hasn't changed in like the last 200 years. It really is pretty much the same. You go to school, they, they teach you uh, reading, writing, arithmetic, and then you take a test to see how smart you are and how much you, you, uh, you know, retain. And it really hasn't changed a whole lot. Yeah. Maybe there's, a few little strategies here and there that has really changed, but schooling for the most part has been the same for about the last 150, 200 years. And the sad thing is, is that not everybody, like you said, learns that way. And, and because they don't learn that way, because they don't learn from, you know, a teacher lecturing or uh, you need to go read this book or whatever, then all of a sudden people are, they jump to conclusions that, hey, you're not smart or you're dumb or you need help or you're, you know, whatever. And that's not the case. Everybody learns differently. Everybody learns in, uh, you know, different forms. And if we just jump to the conclusion that everybody is, if you don't learn in that traditional school way that you don't fit into the, the social norms that something's wrong and that needs to change. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I am a big advocate for, we need to make some changes in schooling. We need to, you know, not judge everything on like, what does this test tell you? Standardized tests only tell you a small portion of someone's ability to learn and to be successful. 
there's lots of people that are successful that were not good in school at all. So um, that doesn't mean anything. It really comes down to how much you're willing to, how much effort you're willing to put in, what you're willing to learn and, and how you figured out how to learn those things for you and then apply it. So um, anyways, yeah, I'll get off my soapbox, but <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, I agree. So what's something that currently motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time and the variables in your life, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Yeah, uh, that's an awesome question. And what really motivates me to succeed is, number one, to push myself to know that I can do more and be better every day and to push push myself out of my comfort zone. But when I... and when I, when, so when I'm working with a client and I ask them things like, you know, what do you want? What's, what do you, what goals do you want to set and things like that? And they set goals. And um, I always have them do an exercise called the seven layers of why. And basically it is you ask yourself why seven times to dig down into that deep reason for why you're doing what you want to do, whether it's a goal, whether it's a, an activity or project you want to take on anything, you can do it. And I actually did this activity for myself of why I'm motivated. And as I, I did it, as I asked myself seven times, when I got to number seven, it was like, you know, what really motivates me is my family and to not fall back into that area in my life where I felt like I wanted to take my life and to show them that they are capable of doing amazing things. And so that really is my key motivation is my family, my kids, and to prove to them that they can go out and accomplish whatever goal or whatever uh, dream that they want to chase and that they're not, they're only limited by what they limit themselves. So um, that's my main motivation really is to, to do that and prove that to my kids. So. Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of people just don't see, excuse me, themselves as experts in what they do. They have that imposter syndrome a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. Um, And I don't remember what the term of it is either, but I I know what you're talking about. And, um, you know, I think the thing that you always have to understand is that you, your experiences and the things you've been through and the things that you've learned are a part of what you can use to help other people. And that's where a lot of people are like, oh, I'm this imposter. I'm a, you know, I'm trying to be this influencer, but I'm not really to the level that these other people are, you know, they're looking at other people on Instagram or social media and they're comparing themselves to that. Well, guess what? Those people all started where they started. And when we we compare ourselves to where someone is, you know, on their journey 10 years ahead of us to where we are, then that's where imposter syndrome comes in. And we just have to be like, you know what, I'm going to get better. I'm going to work at it. I'm going to grow. And, And there is, like you said, there's just kind of this weird stage when you're like, okay, I know this and I know I know it or I know, think I know everything. Like you're saying, like the 18 year old kid who's out of high school and he's like, Oh, I know everything. My parents are stupid. They don't know what they can. They can't even teach me anything. And then later on, they're like, you know what? My parents really were pretty smart and I should have listened to them more. Uh, We just, there's, uh, there's this weird stage where you like, you go into, 
and I'm trying to remember all of it, but it's like there's the you know something or you you don't know what you don't know. You know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't or you don't. Yeah. Anyways, there's like four different stages, right? And when you can finally get to what you know and you're competent in it, that's where you become like the true expert, if you will. But that doesn't mean that we can't continue to grow and to learn and to be better every day because we can always learn something from somebody, whether it's a, just a, another um, inspirational story that someone went through and they can say, this is what the three takeaways I had in this experience. We can take something from their experience and apply it to our life or um, you know, just getting better, being more productive, being more focused. There's so many things out there that we can learn and be better at. Uh, we just have to be one to do the work. So, yeah, I agree. And then there's a distinction between uh, knowledge and wisdom. So, yeah, you can attain knowledge, you know, you can read, but from 18 to now that I'm 36, that wisdom was gained and that empathy in terms of everything that I experienced was gathered and uh, emotional IQ developed. So, I think those for me personally are more, you know, valuable than getting somebody to memorize, you know, a hundred equations and then, you know, regurgitate it and put it on a piece of paper. So ultimately like life teaches you lessons and you can't necessarily, I mean, sometimes, but majority of the time you can't learn those lessons unless you went through that experience. Well, and that's, that's, it's interesting that you bring that up because if you go back in time and how people really learn things, and I'm not talking like formal, like schooling, like way back in the day, if you wanted to be a blacksmith, guess what? You went and you, you learned from a blacksmith how to be a blacksmith. If you wanted to be a farmer, you learned from a farmer. You you had to learn. You had to go and work under these people to become the the skill or learn the skill set to become that person. And we've missed a lot of that now where it's like, okay, you just got to do well in school and you get a degree and then you can be whatever you want. And that's kind of the mentality that a lot of people have. And I think we can shift that and be like, you know what, if I want whatever my passion is, and I want to become, say, like a, know, a famous chef, or I want to become a you know, social media manager or whatever, like contact people who are good at it and go and learn from them, work for them, internship underneath them. And then you're going you're gonna to be able to compress like their 30 years of experience into like a year. And you're going to be able to learn so much faster then like, I'm going to read this book or I'm going to go through this, uh, you know, this training or I'm going to YouTube a hundred videos on how to do it. You can compress all that time and become so much faster. That's what they did. That's what, you know, mentoring and coaching is really all about is helping people get from point A to point B and, and learning faster from the experiences of those people than, uh, you know, having to go... And, and there's still some places out there that, you know, it, like a doctor, you go to school to be a doctor for like eight years. And then finally you get a, become a resident and you have to go through all this other training and, and this and that. So there is still some of that in certain professions, but a lot of that is gone. Now it's just, you go to school and then you get a job doing it and you're expected to be able to do it. And so I think a lot of that uh, ability to learn has kind of gone by the wayside of the good old days where you just learn from the guy who knew how to do it the best and you became the best because you learned their 30 years of experience in 
a year, two years, five years, whatever. So, yeah, I agree. So, what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Yeah. So, um, I would say that a weakness from my past is just feeling like I was stupid. And what, uh, how I've turned that into a strength is I always felt like I had to work harder than everybody else because I felt like I wasn't smart enough. I had to work more hours. I had to be put in more time and I had to work harder. And so that really has helped my work ethic. So in school, when I was going to get my, my degrees in college, I would put in tons of hours working on, you know, my papers and reading and and studying the notes for, you know, tests and things. When other people were probably like, I went and listened to the lecture and I'm good to go. Like I, I couldn't be that way because I felt like I had to put more effort into it. And so just, it has really improved my work ethic and my ability to just focus and get things done. And uh, I would say that's probably my biggest strength that I've gotten from some of my weaknesses in my, my life. Yeah. I think it's being self-aware and, and knowing that you have to work harder than that. And also kind of like, well, it, you know, there've been situations where like I, when I was younger, when the teacher said like, you're dumb or something like that. So like proving them wrong, but for myself, not doing it for their own satisfaction, doing it for, for myself, like having that extra grit and that chip on my shoulder in terms of driving me to succeed in those situations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So what's one thing you could leave in terms of advice, uh, either personal or professional for the audience? Yeah. So um, I kind of, I want to go back to that time right after I almost took my life and I wasn't quite sure what uh, needed to change. I hadn't quite found like the, the personal development type stuff yet, but my wife and I were at a, a store and they had like all these kind of like old type signs and um, kind of rustic type looking. They were new, but they kind of made them look like rustic. And they had this big, huge, beautiful sign. And it said, never give up. And after my experience where I, I almost gave up, I looked at my wife. I'm like, I need to get that sign and we need to put it up in our house somewhere. And so we have it hanging above our front door where my kids, myself, and anybody who comes into our house will see it before they leave out of our house. And it's just a reminder to just never give up. Don't ever stop going forward, pushing forward, and always trust that, yeah, there's going to be struggle. There's going to be hard things, but trust in yourself, trust in your abilities to figure things out as you go forward and just take action. And the only time we ever fail is when we stop. And I firmly believe that when we just give up, is when we fell the only time. And so never give up. That's, that's my biggest advice for anybody is just keep going, keep pushing, even though hard things happen, hard stuff is going to come up. That's what, where growth happens and where you can take things from it from take things from the failure and keep going forward with it. So. Yeah. And I, people see in terms of social media and people that consider themselves gurus or on top of their industry and in terms of social, it's, you know, it's a, it's a highlight reel. So it's not like what they're actually going through. So I think everybody gets anxiety. Everybody gets down. 
no one is motivated 100% of the time. And like you have that sign, it could be different for a lot of people. Sometimes I have to uh, read a quote, listen to, uh, you know, a speech, get hyped up in terms of music and just recalibrate myself. Because like I said, no one's 100% of the time totally motivated and things get to us. I mean, we have life going on, personal things, professional things things that we're struggling with, obviously mental health with everything going on in the world. So I think it's important to really take a step back and find that thing that keeps you going or like sets you up on your true North and really focus on it. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the fact that so many people are struggling right now, especially with, you know, the, the pandemic and the isolation and social distancing. And for all, all the people who are struggling with that, uh, just remember to not give up. The The sun will rise tomorrow. The new day will come. Things will get better. Yeah. Are we ever going to go back to 100% of the way it was before this COVID or before this pandemic? Probably not 100% because I, I think there's going to be a lot more video interaction. You know, everybody knows how to use Zoom now because we've had to learn how to use Zoom. So it'll be easier for everybody to just be like, hey, let's just jump on a Zoom. So there's going to be things that shift in our culture but things will get better. Things will improve and just don't give up on, on, on that. And the sun will rise. It's going to be a new day and just look forward to that. So um, yeah, just don't ever give up. Yeah. And if you can wake up tomorrow, you can change kind of the, the direction of your life and make that choice. And there's a lot of people and a lot of companies that they were so close to that, whatever that I identified as success was, you know, maybe, you know, a day away or an idea away, but they completely quit and, and gave up. And the people usually are the companies that withstand the test of time and whatever they're trying to do, regardless of, you know, failures or wins, they're the ones that end up kind of over outlasting their competitors and outlasting kind of everyone around them in terms of mindset and, and who they're trying to be. Absolutely. And they're always evolving. And that's, that's the key. We always need to be evolving and, and not get stuck in what was. That's why some of these big companies um, like Kodak, right? Uh, they really were like the camera leaders, the film and, and, and they were the first ones to come up with the digital camera, but they didn't see a future in digital. They're like, we're going to stick with film. And now they're almost gone. Like you don't ever hear of Kodak anymore because they didn't evolve. And so be willing to change, be willing to evolve, be willing to move with those shifts in your life and with your culture. Uh, social norms are going to change and, and we just need to be willing to adapt. So, yeah, I, I like that you brought that up. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I always bring up is if you look at the Fortune 500 list from like 10, 20, 30 years ago, majority of those companies didn't exist because they didn't find a need to basically pivot or enhance or transform who they were based on changing times, based on technology, and thought they would be industry leaders forever. Like, perfect example, uh, Blockbuster Video had several chances to buy Netflix and just left them away. And now I think there's just one Blockbuster store left in terms of just a novelty somewhere in the US. And, you know, that mindset, that closed-minded mindset basically, you know, evaporated the company. Yeah. And that's a great example. Blockbuster was this huge company back in the day. I mean, Anybody who grew up in my generation, um, you know, I'm 42. When me and my wife first got married, like that was like the thing, man. Friday, Saturday night, everybody went to Blockbuster. You just, you found your movie, you went home and you watched it and you returned it the next day. And that whole culture has changed now where it's just streaming and 
and blockbuster didn't keep up on it and you're right they're they're gone pretty much except for that one store i think in like i don't know i can't remember where it is minnesota or something somewhere out in the, the boondocks or something um yeah like and people go to that store because it's it is this iconic like wow i remember this i remember feeling this you know walking up and down the, the rows of movies and finding the show i want and uh yeah we got to be willing to shift and um I'm reading a, a book right now called Good to Great, and it's all about companies that were, you know, these amazing companies and how they became amazing. And a lot of it has to do with leadership and things like that. But you look at every company, and that book was written, I think, uh, back in the early 2000s. And every company that is in that book has almost fallen apart now. And so back in the day, like they were some of the best companies. And now they're pretty much gone. And it's the same with us. If we, we're not willing to put in the time, put in the effort to become better all the time, then we're eventually going to be stuck. We're going to be, you know, going through the motions every day. And eventually we're going to, we're not going to wake up and, and like what we see anymore. So. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Absolutely. So you can visit my website, my wife's and I's website. It's arise to connect.com. You can also find me on my podcast, unleash your greatness. And that's all on all major platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, and yeah, um, reach out, go visit our website or listen to podcasts and see what, uh, you know, I have to to offer. I do interviews as well, and uh, also little kind of tools and strategies to help you be better and unleash the greatness in yourself each, each and every day. So, awesome! Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.